0: Thank you, Dorothy. Uh, a bit commercial. Uh, we get into the message. But so much going on, which is a blessing for us. Uh, I'm gonna don't have out yet. We'll soon have out a list. Uh, we're gonna start a Wednesday night study beginning in February. That'll go up until uh, the week before Monday, Thursday. We'll celebrate Easter Lord's Supper and Communion. And uh, if you're interested in being a part of that study. Uh, I want to get one per family a book so you'll have a book to be able to study and take home. You can get so much more if you go home and, and study beyond even what happens when we study together. I'm going to talk about the events that transpired in the last week of the life of Jesus' ministry. Be be a great blessing. I encourage you to be a part of it. And uh, Thank you, Cindy. So you caught that. There's a sign-up sheet out there. I encourage you to be a part of that. be a blessing. Um, and, and, of course, just a lot of activity, which I'm grateful for among our people. Uh, also, I want to just quickly thank you for uh, keeping us in prayer. We uh, have mourned and wept and struggled uh, uh, over the past few days, with the death of our nephew and watching uh, the pain of uh, Cindy's brother and, and wife, just the whole family. And uh, I appreciate your prayers and uh, your love toward us. It just reminds us, as someone said, we're not getting out of this place alive. And this morning, I actually wanted to talk about the problem of death. And I'm going to start, uh, as our scripture reading, we're going to be bouncing around in the scriptures. There's actually quite a bit said on this. At Psalm 23, I'm going to be reading from New Living Translation this morning. I encourage you to stand in God's honor as I read from God's Word. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to His name. Master, I thank you that we can gather today. We come together on this particular day because it is the day of resurrection. It is the day where the grave was empty. It is the day where hopelessness turned to hope. And Father, that's true in you all the time. And I pray this morning that you, O oh Master, might speak as we continue on in this service. Um, Lord, I just need You. We all do. Speak, Lord. We love You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Death is a difficult part of life. Uh, What makes all the difference in the world is if you know Jesus Christ in a personal relationship as your Savior as the one who died in the place you deserve, which is a place uh, in war with God. The Bible talks about us being in conflict with God, in war with God. It describes us uh, as objects of wrath at one point because of the sin that lurks in the heart. But what makes the difference is that God paid the price, and and that's what the Gospel's all about. And, And we meet here because Resurrection Day is evidence of the fact that we are victorious through Jesus Christ. And there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 15, and I've thought about it uh, over the past few days a lot. It says, The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And what a blessing to think that one day death will be no more. That icy grip will no longer strangle. But that we'll be more alive than ever in the presence of our Lord. But if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if He is not your Savior, if you don't know the forgiveness He provides, death is the worst thing. It's it's a nightmare. It's There is no hope. Woody Allen, the comedian, once said... Uh, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. But the truth of the matter is, no one will escape it. Now it's interesting, I'll just take a minute and go through a couple of scriptures here. You realize the first recorded communication of God speaking to man involved death. This this is from Genesis chapter two, fifteen through seventeen. says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. That's what the Scripture says. And at the moment that that disobedience occurred, where they disobeyed God, ate the forbidden fruit, at that moment there was a spiritual death, which means that vital connection that God intended for Adam and Eve to have, it was disrupted. It was severed. And and that's called spiritual death. That was at the point where, where, where they were no longer completely right with God as it is intended to be. And, and then there's physical death. At some point the body goes through the Physical death. Spiritual death and then physical death. Death is a sign of separation. Separated from God. Eventually separated from the body. Then you go down through the Scripture of uh, several places. And, and then you come in the book of Revelation and I love that section of Scripture that talks about God will wipe away every tear. And death. Death will no longer be that villain and, and, and that culprit that you now. Let me start here. As we look at death, uh, I think you need to have an understanding of how God has designed us, how we are made. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are three aspects of us that are described in this verse of Scripture. As Paul speaks about God Himself, the God of peace, sanctifying, making us holy through and through. First, he talks about the spirit and the soul which can't be together. That's actually who you are inside. It's it's your inner you. It's, it's your personality. It's the spirit that dwells in you. It's where the Bible says, made in God's likeness and His image. Um, there's that part of us. And then there's the part that's the outer you. The part of the body that we know this, this earth suit. And these three go together and, and enter a part of who we are. Um, And then there's uh, Hebrews 4.12 that also speaks of these. This verse may be familiar to to many of you guys. We tend to quote it a lot in church. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even a dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, it says God's Word, It's alive. And it, it, and it hits you in here. It hits that soul. It hits that spirit. It hits that personality of, of who you are. And, and, and just, man, it connects with you. And, and then with your body, it, it connects with how you how you treat your body and, and, and what you do within your body, uh, what you exalt, how, how you live. And, and it all goes together. And all this is how God has made us and, and God's Word pierces deep down in the heart to connect us. I don't do a whole lot of you know illustration stuff up here, but take this glove and if I can get this glove on my hand. Pray for me that I get the, uh, Now, this glove is not my hand, but you know I slid this glove on my hand, and it's a covering, it's a wrapping on my hand. Although it's not actually my hand, <laughs> it covers my hand and so it is with the body this glove it, it, it's just not me it, this body encases me who I am but it, it's it, it, there's more to me than just what you see some say thank God for that you know, <laughs> but, you know there's, there's more there and, and, and then when you when you take the glove off then what's left is you and, and, and death comes when, when there's a departing and 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 the inside of us leaves the outside of us (laughs) and and, and goes into eternity to be in heaven. Um, Remember the thief on the cross, the thieves on the cross, and one of the thieves said to Jesus, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, what he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. What's that about? When, When Jesus went through that earthly death, he was in paradise. When that thief went through earthly death, he was in paradise. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Death occurs at that moment where there's that that severing, that disconnect. That's the physical death. And without Jesus, we've already experienced the spiritual death. And, and, and you know, I kind of go back and forth uh, between the physical death and the spiritual death, but the bottom line is for it all to work right, Jesus needs to be a part of your life. And He needs to to be your Savior. He needs to be your Lord. He he needs to live inside. Um, You know, I love the story of the young minister. His first funeral, he was very nervous. And uh, he looked down at the casket. And he got up to preach and he said, I just want to tell you today that what you see before you in this casket is just a shell. The nut is already gone. I love that story. But, but but the bottom line is, guys, there's more than just what we know here. There is a life with God that He has intended for us that's called eternity. Now, how extensive is death? Well, there's a statistic that says one out of every one person dies. That's pretty extensive. Uh, but Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. That nasty little word there, all. Coming in through that first man, Adam, there was death and it affects us all. We're all connected through that. Now, 1 Corinthians... uh, i am read the next book, 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since death came through a man, talk about that, Adam, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. How extensive is death? It affects us all. How extensive is resurrection? those in Christ. There, there's resurrection and there's hope. Now, you know, there's you know, there's always an exception to the rule at times when you talk about death. I so, guess there were two guys that broke the rule named Enoch and Elijah. Enoch walked with God for 300 years and was no more. Can you imagine? Isn't that cool? He had such a close walk with the living God that God one day said, eh, we'll just skip this death stuff. Just come on. Just took him right up there. Wasn't no change at all. And then there was Elijah, the flaming chariot. You know, he took off. And, and his his uh, apprentice, Elisha, watched him enter into heaven. You know, so, so there was that exception. But for the rest of us, uh, it doesn't work that way. We're in 1 Corinthians 15. I look at verse 50. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Uh, the body as it is now is not designed for eternity. Uh, this is perishable. What we will have is imperishable. It will last forever. And, and then it goes on to describe. Look, 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up. So, Scripture talks about that those of us who are in Christ, here's the way the thing's are going to work, man. There are those, it's described here as falling asleep. Those who have entered that death state, they're going to be with the Lord. But their body, it'll be raised imperishable. And, and, and then those of us who are still here, man, that trumpet will sound, Jesus is coming out of the clouds, and here we go. Man, that's going to be so. It's hope. It's what it's all about. His second coming, what awaits us, it, it's victory over death, it's what it's meant to be. And you know, one thing I really struck me going grieving um, for our family, eternity is a lot closer than you think. You always kind of know it's close, but every once in a while something just shakes your world. It's closer than you thought. But it's always that way. and in the twinkling of an eye, in an instant Going to happen. Guys, those of us who have trusted Jesus, we're headed home. We'll be going to see Him. Um, I want to be interesting what it'd be like the next son after that. All right, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 to see what happens after death. It really depends on what happened before death, it depends on your trust. your trust in Jesus or not? He starts us out. He says, we know the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. Oh, it seems like as the days go by, the old bodies creep more and more. uh, The old tent, that canvas seems to be wearing thin. Hope there's no rip happening. But all that is just a reminder that these bodies, this state we're in now is not built to last forever, but there's something that awaits us that's beyond what we've experienced thus far. That's what eternity's about. It says here, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And then verse two he says, We groan right now. <laughs> we, we we groan to be there, to, to to be in heaven, so so we'll be properly clothed. He says, You know, right now we're in this tent, we're groaning and we're we're burdened, but we long to we long to be there. We long to be in his presence. We long be with him. Um, Brenda, who is uh, Cindy's brother's wife, her mom died in August. And uh, of course, his grandson died Monday at 1 o'clock in the 1:30 1 and 1 30 in the morning, And they finally took him off of life support. Uh, I, I got to talking to him one day in the waiting room while we were waiting, was going on. He said, you know, think about heaven a lot more here later. he says, my family gets kind of mad at me when I talk about it. But I'm ready it And then, you know, of course... Thinking about seeing his beloved wife and thinking about seeing his grandson and I'm sure other people. There, you know, there's that groaning for, for you know what we expect. And and I can remember one pastor that I talked to that had served the church a long time. One day we'd served together, getting ready to do a funeral, and he just started crying. And I said, What's wrong? And he said, I know more people who have gone over there than are here. Oh, wow. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. That was pretty clear, guys. So there's this book. And either your name's written in it or it's not. It's written through someone's blood, blood ink. His name is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. And the bottom line with all this is either your name's in the book or it's not in the book. And here's the misnomer. Many people, when they talk of eternal life, talk as if if you trusted Christ, you're going to heaven forever. But the Bible says that regardless, there's eternity. You see, you can say no to the gift of God in Jesus Christ. You, you can say no to the perfect sacrifice of God given all that He could do to, to reconcile you, to bring you to Himself, to, to know Him in a right relationship. You can say no to that and you can spend eternity in complete and utter suffering. It, it talks about a lake of fire. There's oh, oh, it, it, Just being disconnected from God and All that that involves, and and that's got to be—that's the issue. Hey, if if you leave here and you forget about me, big deal. But if you leave here and you forget about Jesus Christ, it's the whole deal. All right, a couple of closing comments as I get through here. Uh, Philippians one twenty. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death for to me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Amen. a lot of times uh, with funerals and, and I understand that we put a lot of emphasis on the, the body left behind. And I guess it's a way for us to grieve and a way for us to say goodbye. But that person's directly in the presence of the Lord. And there is more than... Uh, one, one of the difficult things we had to deal with, and uh, Dale and Brenda and his uh, brother and his wife had to deal with, Derek was an organ donor, and uh, you don't think about the time it takes to prepare for the organ donation. You had to keep him alive, you know, an extra amount of time. Um, had to get everything in order. And then the thought of, and they use everything. They even took skin, you know, you know, all the things that could be noted. And one thing at the memorial service that, that you know, was a blessing was they said all of those organs, all those transplants were successful. And, and you know, you can say, man, that, that's a blessing that Derek, uh, uh, you know, as he died and left this body, his body was used to help take away misery of other people for their ailing bodies. And you can say that, you know, down the road, But man, when you're the family and you're the parents and you're thinking about all that, it is so hard. And I remember talking to Derek's mom, Brenda, and she said, I just have to keep telling myself, that's not Derek. It's just a shit. It's just ours. That's not (laughs) Derek. Tough. Um, And you know, one good thing about being a Christian. When you know Jesus Christ, guys, it's never goodbye, but it's till we meet again. And you can bank on that. And and a lot of us dream about some reunions, don't we? Okay, as I close down through this... uh, you know, it's interesting as you think about graves and grave markers and certainly a place we can go to and grieve. But the truth of the matter is that loved one is in the presence of the Lord. Thank God. It's not just in the ground. She's not just in the ground in that place. It was interesting when Moses died. He was so loved, so revered, so respected. It said that God buried him in a secret place. He you know, maybe he was afraid they loved Moses so much they would just camp out there where he was buried and not move on and go forward. And it is so hard to go forward when you're grieving and so hard to move forward when you're hurting and and you you just don't want to, but that's part of healing. God wants you to do that. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to go. He wants you to know His victory. Now, just as I close here, just a couple of thoughts here. Uh, At a... A, a time memorial or a time of funeral service. Uh, why not do things that remind us of the joy the person brought to so many? I, I thought of, uh, at Derek's memorial, they had all kinds of pictures out there of him. And of course, the pictures, he was smiling. He was with his friends. He was with his family. Uh, it, it showed his life, you know, he was living, right? And and that meant so much, just to look through pictures or, or see a soccer ball or, you know, different things. He a soccer player. Yeah. And he was a musician. Another thing they did, uh, the lady that played piano in the service was his piano teacher. And the two pieces she played, Derek worked hours and hours and hours because he wanted to get them right. It, you know, that reminds us of, of him and, and a memorial to, to that person. Uh-huh. You know, which is all, all good stuff to do. Uh, he also loved anime movies. And, and I sat around with a um, couple of my kids and, and my niece and nephew, and his brother and sister. We watched two of his favorite movies. And I uh, remember him. I he, loved, he loved it. You know, he loved it. Uh, next, uh, and, and I'll close with this. What a joy to be able to make it really a praise service. I mean, I know you're grieving, but what a joy to be able to really look beyond the ache of the heart. Uh, This is going back years ago, and and I know I've told you all this many times, but we had some friends whose eight-year-old son died of brain cancer. And, uh, oh, it was just horrible. We we were really close to him. We just watched him wither away he loved to sing praise choruses. So when it came time for his funeral, we spent a lot of time singing praise choruses. I'll never forget, it wasn't too long before he, Josh died, uh, we had a Sunday night service of testimonies. And here's this little boy with a tumor you know, about to come out of his head. He's blind. He's in constant pain. And he gets the microphone and talks about how good God is to That doesn't make you cry. You're one hard soul. You know. Uh, But we sing, I mean, and we sing, and as you sing, that sense of hopelessness has to turn to hope. Why? Because you put your heart and your mind and your passion in the Son of God who's the resurrected hope and life for all of us. The one who's conquered death. The one who gives victory. Oh, death, where is your sting, man? It's not there. And it will not be when we're in glory. The tears will be wiped away. Death will be defeated. And we will be as we were made to be. Whole, complete. It's going to be right. But that only comes. The only way to get there is through a right relationship with God and there's no other way but through Jesus Christ. You don't just do it by hoping to get there. You don't do it just by being a good guy or, or a good gal. You it know, through saying, God, I'm not good enough, but You have provided a way. Jesus. And, and so I, I say... That, Guys, please don't miss Jesus. We don't want to just be a social gathering. We want to be a redeemed gathering. We we want to know God's given us hope. And and, and, and that's what I close with. I, we call it an invitation, a time to respond. We have an altar that's open. We have a God with open arms. It doesn't matter where you've been, he says come. You may think you've done something that's unforgivable. You haven't. The very fact you're here and you're hearing a message where God says, come, I means this is not unforgivable, guys. <laughs> because that's the only unforgivable thing is to totally miss Jesus. There's an altar here. I'd love to pray with you. Don't, don't leave here without that nailed down. That, you know, like I said, that's one thing that really has spoken to me over these past days as I've thought about it. It's how close eternity is and it's closer than you think. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank You for an opportunity to look at Your Word. And, uh, God, it hurts. It hurts. The people we love uh, hurt. And I don't know if Lord can't fix it. That you can. And my prayer is that You might reach out today, Lord. That Your wonderful Holy Spirit might touch some hearts. We might say yes to the tug of Your Spirit. They may say yes to Jesus or yes to His call. Yes to coming back to You. Lord, you're, I love that prodigal son story, the lost son story and the son comes back rehearsing his speech about what a bad guy he was and the father comes around and he sees him with open arms and she God Father I pray this morning so people see you running toward him and come guide us as we sing guide us as we come We in your name we pray